Hi, and welcome to episode 42 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. Today's episode is not the ultimate answer, but does feature two strong flavors that can sometimes be found together, Cruzon Blackstrap Rum and Campari. And the recipe in today's show is the Jungle Bird, which I'll try three different ways. Incidentally, if my voice sounds a little bit like I've been gargling overproof rum, that's not the case. I'm getting over a cold, but I think I want to persevere anyways. So let me start with a brief bit of follow-up from episode 41. In episode 41, I was talking about stirring cocktails versus shaking cocktails. And I mentioned if it's all spirits, you're going to stir. And if you're having something other than spirits in there, such as citrus or sugar, you're going to shake. Um, that's as a general guideline, that's okay. But I will say for things like an old fashioned where you're only using a little bit of sugar, you do end up stirring that cocktail as well. So as a general guide, uh, all spirits stir and with a little bit of sugar, probably still stir. But if it's uh, citrus or anything else that you're trying to incorporate into the cocktail, that's when you get into shaking. So a uh, small amendment to that from episode 41. And with that, let's get into cruise on blackstrap rum. So cruise on blackstrap rum is a Virgin Islands rum produced by cruise on. The TLDR description of this rum is a lot of color added to a molasses-based rum, so that it's a shiny black color. Uh, this is a pretty polarizing rum, and one that can be difficult to wield effectively. It is a column still rum, and per the Ministry of Rum website, it's aged two years in whiskey and bourbon barrels. On the official cruise on site, uh, they extol it as best suited as a finishing element or a float in a tropical-slash-tiki cocktail, or for adding color to cocktails. So set your expectations appropriately if the manufacturer is positioning it that way rather than saying you should pour this into a glass and enjoy it neat. Um, it's sometimes marketed as a navy style rum, but to me that's entirely due to the color and not to the taste or the body of the rum. Uh, navy style rums, in my opinion, have a lot more body. Uh, we'll get into the taste of the rum here in just a moment. So here's the thing with this rum. Uh, the flavor is bold and can easily be overpowering, not because it's an overproof or anything like that, but the sweetness and the flavor will dominate cocktails if it's if too much is used. So if your only spirit in the cocktail is blackstrap, that may be okay. You can work around that or work with that. Um, a couple of bartenders I know have been able to use blackstrap effectively, uh, including Blair Renner, Blair, excuse me, Blair Reynolds, owner of Hale Pele in Portland, Oregon, who uses it in the Jungle Bird cocktail they serve at his bar. We'll get to that recipe a little later on in the show. And Kelly Riley, hip hip ahula is able to craft tropicals that use blackstrap effectively. So it can be done, but it is a challenging ingredient. And some people just flat out don't like the taste. So that makes it a little bit more challenging in some cases. Um, and if you remember in episode 41, there was a small one quarter ounce component of cruise on blackstrap rum in the death from above cocktail. And that was in a mix with two other rums. Uh, in my home bar, it occupies a bit of an odd spot in that I almost always have a bottle on hand, but I use it in very few recipes. So Let's go ahead and taste it now, and then we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, this rum, incidentally, is bottled at 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume. Uh, there's a picture of it in the show notes. You can take a look at the bottle and also see it uh, poured into a, a small glass. Uh, this rum is pretty easy to find. It's found nearly anywhere that you can find Cruzon rums. You'll find the black strap on the shelf as well. Now, in terms of appearance, uh, Cruzon black strap looks like a more fluid molasses. It's a deep black in the middle, dark brown near the edges. Uh, looks a little bit like motor oil, albeit much thinner, and it's opaque. You can't see through it. Um, when swirled in the glass, uh, legs t uh, develop. They take a long time to develop, but they do develop on the sides of the glass. Uh, in terms of aroma, it is a very sweet molasses and brown sugar smell in the bottle. No hint of alcohol from the nose. And then once it's poured and swirled, some astringency then develops and then hits the nose once it's in the glass. Uh, that said, aside from the smell of brown sugar, I don't really pick up too many other scents. 
uh, taste, uh, sweet. It seems to have a little bit of earthiness to it and a little pepper around the edges. Um, distinct unto itself, it doesn't taste like a typical aged rum. Um, and it starts sweet and ends up drying out and leaving a, a what I would characterize as a medicinal flavor in your mouth. In terms of finish, um, I find it to have nearly no finish other than some lingering taste on the tongue. It's actually one of the few rums I've had where there's no real finish. Uh, having some sort of finish, even uh, on a dry silver Puerto Rican rum, is something I just take for granted. So it was, to me, noticeable when I didn't actually taste it. Uh, so in, to sum up, it, it hits all the notes you'd expect from a rum called Blackstrap, which is meant to invoke molasses. Uh, I find it unremarkable as a sipper, but that's not why it's made. Uh, it's made to be mixed and to provide color in a cocktail like uh, when it's used as a float. Uh, mixes well with ginger beer in a highball, but must be used skillfully uh, as a little bit goes a long way and a lot of it will overpower most cocktails. So this isn't something that I'd swap in for another rum in a recipe. It should be used when explicitly called for. Mine goes pretty exclusively into highballs with ginger beer that are quite similar to, but not actually dark and stormies. Um, and as uh, you know, to deploy it as a float, I like the color, but I wish it were higher proof to be a little bit more useful as a float. Uh, float to me is not just the color, but also the aromatics, and it adds a little bit of proof to a cocktail. Um, and I'll admit, this is the one rum in my bar that I've probably never tried in a daiquiri. A um, couple of parting thoughts on the Blackstrap rum. After tasting it, I went back and uh, read a couple of reviews and articles published online. I linked to a review from the Rum Howler blog. Uh, that's in the show notes. I'd encourage you to go check it out as he's adept at picking out uh, many individual flavor elements. He was a little more gracious in his assessment of the finish of the rum, but I think he primarily feels this rum is for mixing as well. Uh, I've also linked to an article from 2011 on Serious Eats, which is more effusive in the author's love of this rum, although he doesn't really talk about the rum until the second half of the article. Um, anyway, in both articles, I was mostly interested to see how my assessment matched theirs uh, and where it didn't. From one strong flavor to another, let's talk a little bit about Campari. Campari is a move across the spectrum from sweet into bitter. Uh, I first ran across it as part of the Jungle Bird cocktail recipe in Beach Bumberry's Intoxica, uh, later reprinted in Beach Bumberry Remixed. Uh, I'm not, I'm still not sure I've come around to its flavor profile, but I bought the bottle for the uh, one or two tropical drinks that actually called for it. And admittedly, I haven't really tried to mix anything new with it. So uh, I think we actually may still be on the first bottle I bought, though it's actually starting to empty. There's a picture of Campari in the show notes if you haven't seen the bottle before. Okay, so what is it really? It is an aperitif that is an infusion of herbs and fruit in spirit and water. So kind of a little similar to bitters, but not exactly. Uh, you'll know it when you see it because it is bright red and, and puts bright red elements into your cocktail. Now, once upon a time, that bright red color came from carmine dye, which is produced from crushed cochaheel insects. Mm. Sadly, that practice ceased after 2006. Campari was first created in Italy in 1860, and in addition to cocktails, it's also commonly mixed with sodas and wine. And for those in the know about cocktails that don't spend all of their time reading tiki recipes, Campari is probably best known for its part in the Negroni. Now, though it's bitter and not sweet, it does share with Blackstrap the very strong one-note punch that will dominate unless it's used judiciously or balanced by another flavor. So as another example, like Pernod, you're not actually going to hide this in a cocktail. But with Pernod, most recipes, not all, but most tiki recipes call for about an eighth of an ounce of or less, you know, just a few drops, while Campari seems to always pop up in at least a half ounce serving. So how the heck do you actually deploy this thing? Well, one way is the Jungle Bird. Uh, the Jungle Bird recipe hails from the late 70s and the Kuala Lumpur Hilton. It was first published uh, by Jeff 
Beach Bomberry in his book Intoxica, then again in Beach Bomberry Remixed, and it also appears in the Total Tiki app for iOS devices. Now in this form, the recipe calls for Campari, lime juice, sugar syrup, pineapple juice, and dark Jamaican rum. I made it a few times and found it kind of unremarkable. Uh, the Campari actually ran rough over the rest of the cocktail, even when I used my usual dark rum choice of Karuba. So I actually didn't end up making it all that much. Uh, my wife tends to like it a little bit more, so I'd make them from her uh, for her from time to time, which is why we slowly depleted the Campari bottle, although not quite all the way. And then on a trip to Portland, we visited Blair Reynolds' bar, Hale Pele. Uh, as I mentioned before, they have a Jungle Bird on their menu, but they used Cruzon Blackstrap as the dark rum. So we ordered one, and I found it to be a better cocktail that way. At least something in that case stood up to the Campari in the drink. So I adopted that pairing at home, and it became the way I'd serve it uh, to people who ordered it uh, or you know, whenever I wanted to make it for myself. And here's that recipe. So this is, again, the Intoxica version with the Hale Pele uh, substitution. So three-quarter ounce of Campari, one-half ounce of fresh lime juice, one-half ounce of simple syrup, four ounces of unsweetened pineapple juice, and one and one-half ounces of Cruzon Blackstrap rum. Shake those together in a shaker tin with a lot of ice cubes and pour unstrained into a tiki mug, a double old-fashioned glass, or a Collins glass. In any case, garnish with several sprigs of mint and an orchid if you have one. I usually don't. Uh, this drink's pretty flexible in terms of glassware, like I mentioned. Double old-fashioned glass, tall glass, tiki mug. Just make sure you're using plenty of mint as a garnish to really enhance the aroma of the cocktail. Now, in terms of taste, I like this better than the original, like I, like I said, but it's a little bit like two heavyweights duking it out, and it still didn't make it into my regular rotation of drinks that I you know, go to all the time. Uh, more recently, I revisited the Jungle Bird because friend of the show, Jason Alexander, the owner and bartender of Tagoma Cabana, was extolling the virtues of his version of the Jungle Bird and was gracious enough to not just show off the pictures of it on Instagram, which, by the way, give him a follow on Instagram. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, his photos from the Tacoma Cabana Bar and the pyrotechnics that he deploys are well worth the follow on, on Instagram. Uh, he also shared the recipe for his version of the Jungle Bird. He mentioned it to me a few weeks back at uh, Tiki Caliente 7, and I was keen to try it. So uh, with his permission, here's that recipe. It's also in the show notes. So the Jungle Bird a la Jason Alexander from Tacoma Cabana, one and one half ounce of fresh, fresh pressed pineapple juice. We'll get to that in a moment. One half ounce of fresh lime juice one half ounce of passion fruit syrup, one half ounce of Campari, and one and a half ounces of Plantation Original Dark Rum. Shake well with a lot of ice cubes, pour unstrained into a tiki mug or a double old-fashioned glass, liberally, liberally garnish with several sprigs of mint, and if you've taken Jason's fire safety class, you can try and replicate one of his garnishes. Now, Jason's version is a very, well, I wouldn't say very different, but it's a different take using flavors that complement and shape the uh, sharpness of the Campari, so it doesn't mute it, but it focuses it and brings more overall balance to the cocktail. I like this version a lot more. And of course, there is the matter of fresh pineapple juice in play as well. Now, no doubt about it, fresh pineapple juice is superior to the canned version, um, but I don't have a juice extractor, so getting fresh pineapple juice is a little bit of a PIA. Uh, here's how I did it. Two pieces of advice if you're using a blender or a food processor version uh, like me rather than an extractor. Plan your cocktail evening, plan your cocktail menu for the evening around a few different cocktails with that are gonna use the fresh pineapple juice. You'll probably get about eight to 12 ounces from a normal sized pineapple, um, and you're also gonna need some patience. You're gonna need to juice it like an hour ahead of time to get any decent amount of juice. So, you know, throw me a lime and in about 10 seconds, you'll have the juice of one lime, but pineapple is an entirely different beast. So 
the process I used is, you know, using the vacuum tool. There's a link to that in the show notes, but that's basically the plastic uh, um, or steel in some cases, pineapple core. Core your pineapple and cut it into small pieces. Add those pe- add those pieces to the work bowl of a food processor or the carafe of a blender, and just blend that slowly and, and work the fruit down. You may need to add two to three ounces of water to loosen things up a little bit. Pineapple is very fibrous. Let it run for a while. It'll be thick from those fibers and a little bit frothy. It won't turn into pure juice, so don't let it run that long. It's never going to happen. At least I don't think it will. I gave up after five or ten minutes. Anyways, after a few minutes, uh, slowly pour that mixture into a large mesh, mesh strainer over a big measuring cup. Uh, you can stir it a little bit with a spoon to try and break it up, but mostly you're going to let gravity go to work. And it'll take a while, but it will happen. And then you can eat the leftovers that are left in the, the mesh strainer. It's a little bit like applesauce, but, you know, with pineapple. Um, if you've got other methods to getting juice out of a pineapple that are easier and or quicker, send them in because I'm um, keen to hear them. Just remember, fresh juice tastes better. Oh, and that that third version of the Jungle Bird. So this is actually the same as Jason Alexander's version, but substitute in the Stiggins Fancy Pineapple-infused rum for the original dark rum. Uh, this rum is the dark plantation infused with pineapple, so this was an easy substitution to you know swap in since pineapple is a key part of this cocktail. The real trick, of course, is getting Plantation's Stiggins Fancy into your bar. Um, now, that's a story for another show, but I have heard rumblings that it's soon to become a regular part of the Plantation line. So uh, fret not if you've heard about it but haven't got it. I think pretty soon you will be able to find it wherever Plantation rums are sold. For this third version, this is the Jungle Bird Stiggins Fancy version. Uh, it is one and one half ounces of that fresh pressed pineapple juice, one half ounce of fresh lime juice, one half ounce of passion fruit syrup, one half ounce of Campari, and one and a half ounces of the Plantation Stiggins Fancy Infused Rum, uh, pineapple, excuse me, Fancy Pineapple Infused Rum. Shake well with a lot of ice cubes, pour unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass, liberally garnished with several sprigs of mint, sound familiar? Eh, maybe put a bird on it, I don't know. There are pictures and recipes for all three versions in the show notes, so go check them out. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as I mentioned, show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol 5 Minutes of Rum. And we're on iTunes, on iTunes as I 5 Minutes of Rum. And you can subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, even leave a review. Uh, please send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via either the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>